0: Embarked on their temporary job of stunt flying for the movies, Jimmy Allen and Speed Robertson took off on a practice flight. The rest of the pilots flew formation directed by Speed from the rear seat of his plane. In a dive, fabric started ripping from both wings. When other sections came loose, Jimmy and Speed were forced to bail out. Upon returning to the field at Tokay, Speed ran into Nails Ballou, who had previously dived upon the mammoth studio pilots forcing them to throw themselves on the ground to escape being hit. He warned Baloo against doing anything like that again. The hard-boiled Baloo told Speed he would fly in any way he chose. And if Speed didn't like it, he could lump it. It is early evening of the same day. The Mammoth Company pilots have just finished dinner in the pilots' quarters. Boys,
1: will you give me your attention for a few moments? I believe most of you were present this afternoon during my little run-in with the males below. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it's going to be necessary for us to work with Baloo and his men in some air scenes. However, I'd prefer there be as little intermingling between this group and his as possible, except when absolutely necessary. That
0: suits me. He's a most unlikable blighter. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about it.
1: Now, the next thing is this. I wish to avoid a repetition of what occurred to Jimmy Allen and myself this afternoon or any other accident due to unsafe flying equipment. I didn't take his job to commit suicide, and I'm sure none of you did. I've engaged Mr. Flash Lewis, whom you see sitting here beside me, to take complete charge of all flying equipment. He was with me in Europe during the past war, and he's familiar with the types of planes we're using. At the present time, he is in charge of all overhaul work for Grand National Airways. I know of no finer mech in the world. Get up and take a bow, Flash.
2: Go ahead, Flash. Go ahead. Get up. The
1: boys want to hear from you.
2: Well... Fellas, I'm sure glad to be up here with you. Seems like old times over in England. I guess I. Well, all I could say is that. I'll sure do all I can to see that you fellas get bumped. I mean, take it care of. Uh, What does he mean, bumped?
0: (laughs) Why, that's when the little birdies call tweet-tweet and the angels sing, right? (laughs) I'd intended to order out all
1: ships and pilots early tomorrow morning for more practice and formation work in dogfighting. That's been changed. Not a single ship will leave the ground until Lewis has pronounced it to be in safe flying condition. Okay, I believe that's all, boys. Now we have a comfortable little club room here. There are magazines and cards, and I see a piano over there in the corner. Let your conscience be your guide. Hey, Flash, just a minute before you get away. I know you're pretty
2: tired, but there's a couple of things I want to talk to you about. Oh, heck no, Spade, I'm not tired. After winning all that dough down in Caliente, I won't feel tired for years. I was figuring on going out to the hangar and starting to look over those ships. Okay, that's what I want to talk to you about. Okay, shoot. Sure. Let's start at the
1: bottom. What happened to you and Jimmy this afternoon? Well, we were about to start combating with a Britisher, Ramsey, who was flying an M.E., when a section of fabric from the left wing tore loose. Well, how fast were you diving, the Craig? you got to remember those combat ships have taken an awful beating. I know, Flash, but Jimmy had just started a short dive when this happened. We couldn't have been going over 320 or 340 miles an hour. Then after the first section ripped off, more tore loose when we were just in a normal glide with
2: the engine throttled. That's bad. Plenty bad. I'll gamble anything that was the original fabric put on a ship when it was first built. It's all shot now. Yeah, that's what
1: I think. Jimmy and I looked over this wreck pretty well. Boy, the linen was so bad in places you could stick your finger through. The ailerons were so badly dry-rotted you could dig the pulp out of the middle with your fingernail.
2: So that's the kind of ships Hugh and Jimmy are going to stunt, huh? Well, so I might as well put in my orders for flowers right now.
1: Oh, uh, no, Flesh. We're not going to fly stuff like this, and that's final. Now, I understand that some of these ships have been completely rebuilt. I imagine the ones that have are safe enough with proper handling. Well, I can tell you quick enough which ones have and which ones haven't. Okay. I'm going to leave the flying equipment in and tally up to you. If you say a ship is airworthy, well, up it goes. Otherwise, it stays on the ground. Now, there's just one other thing. You were out there when I had those words with Baloo, weren't you?
2: I'll say I was. The big mug. Why did not you bust him one in a beezer?
1: Uh, I wanted to badly in a flash, but I knew that would cause a general fight between our men and his. And that, considering the type of work we're doing here, would be just about the most dangerous thing in the world. But here's what I don't want. I don't want Baloo or any of these men in our hangar or around our ships. Now, you give that order to the mechs under you, will you?
2: Okay, Speed. If any one of those guys comes around, i get got a piston rod wrapped around their necks. Oh, say, Speed, are you through? Here's the director, Mr. Stewart. He wants to talk to you a minute. Okay,
1: Jim. How do you do, Mr. Stewart? Glad to see you, Robertson. I want to talk to you about some shots we propose making tomorrow. Sure, Mr. Stewart. I'm glad you came in. There's several things I wanted to talk over with you anyway. Suppose we go in my room here. Certainly. Robertson, I propose to shoot some of the minor sequences the first thing in the morning. I have a weather report that looks favorable. When the sun is low on the horizon, it gives the cameramen a better chance to do their work. Not only that, but in the story, most of the air action takes place either early in the morning or late in the afternoon. I've arranged for two cabin planes for the use of my cameramen. They'll be here shortly after daybreak. I'll take care of the direction from one of these planes. You'll have your ships and pilots ready to fly, let's say, at Well Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Stewart, but... I can't guarantee that the planes will be ready to fly at that time. Not ready to fly? Well, what do you mean? You are flying this afternoon, weren't you? Yeah, that's exactly the point. We were flying this afternoon, and as a consequence, I've ordered no more flying until the ships are inspected and pronounced to be in safe flying condition. Ridiculous. These planes were all inspected before they were brought up here. Yeah? Well, perhaps you haven't heard of the accident we had this afternoon. Oh, Why, well, yes, I did hear that you had some Minor accident? Minor accident? you call having most of the fabric ripped off the wings a minor accident? Uh, Both you and Alan got down all right, didn't you? Yes, we did. But we wouldn't have if the thing had occurred at a low altitude. Now, Mr. Stewart, I'm sorry, but as long as I'm in charge of the flying on this picture, not a ship will leave the ground until it's been pronounced airworthy. This is utterly preposterous. I guess you don't realize, Robertson, that the actors have all been hired. The cameramen told to report early tomorrow morning, and whether any flying goes on or not, the expense is just the same. Every hour we're delayed will cost us thousands of dollars. You're not carrying the mail now, Robertson. You're in show business, and the show has to go on. No matter whether you kill a dozen people or not, is that the idea? That's fantastic. You should be a writer instead of a pilot. Enough of this silly argument. I'm director of this picture, and my word's final. You and your men will be prepared to fly at 6.30 in the morning. Mr. Stewart, if you send pilots up and some of the ships that are sitting in the hangar out on this field, you're going to be guilty of murder. For my part, I refuse to have such a thing on my conscience. I'm in charge of the flying, and I absolutely forbid it. Why, some of these ships haven't been touched since the war. Subjected to even a moderately severe strain, they'll literally fall to pieces. If that should happen near the ground, and and a great deal of your action does take place near the ground, the pilot wouldn't have a prayer. Very well, Robertson. If you aren't willing to carry on, I'll get someone else that will. You may hand in your resignation at once. All right, if you can get some fool to go ahead, you're at perfect liberty to do so. But Jimmy Allen and I have a contract signed by Mr. Milliken. I'll stand on that. We'll see. I'll go to Mr. Milliken at once. up, Speed. Stewart stamped out of here as though he was as mad as a hornet. Yeah, I guess he is, Jim. I told him there wouldn't be any flying until the ships were all right. Ah, forget about it, kid. Everything will be okay.
0: Hey, Speed and Jimmy, come on over here. Let's give out with a little music. Let's see if we can remember some of the really old time tunes. Oh,
1: okay, Cliff. We'll be right there. Come on, Jim.
0: Okay, what's it going to be? Sweet Adeline or over there? Yeah, we've been over there. Let's sing Sweet Adeline, huh? Come on,
1: Jim. We're in the movies now. Anything goes. Let's give. Okay, Speed. When it comes to singing, I'm not good,
2: but I'm loud. Ah, what are you talking about? You've got a good voice. I heard you yelling at Speed when he was taken off a while ago, and I said to myself right then, I says, Jimmy's got a good voice. You had those kind of round, hair-shaped tones. Pear-shaped? What's pears got to do with my voice? Hi,
1: Jim. have you ever heard about the pear-shaped tones the movie
2: actor's trying to develop?
1: No, I can't say that I ever
2: have. And I don't think Flash has either. Well, the heck, I haven't. I heard a director, Stewart, talking about a guy with pear-shaped tones. He said... He said the sap was a prune of an actor, but he did have pear-shaped tones. Ooh. You pick up a lot of that Hollywood phraseology and you go back home a big shot, Flash. Not big enough now. When I get back home, I'm going to die anyway. Hey, hey, look, I have an idea. What do you say we forget about this singing? Did you fellas ever hear Flash recite his poetry? Oh, now, wait a minute. Hey, just, just a minute, now. Let's not get into that part of the entertainment yet. Now,
1: pardon me, Flash. Did you say entertainment? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, now, just <laughs> what
1: would you call it? Okay, old oh, man. Now that I come to think about it, I agree with you. It's darn good entertainment Come on, Flash, give out No,
2: not now You've hurt my ego Or pride or something I can't figure out exactly what's been hurt But some part of me's been touched Yeah, for how much, Flash? Well, I think it was 50 bucks I lost on that horse
1: Oh, and you told us you cleaned up on a pony's Don. So that's it, you dropped 50
2: Now, wait a minute, I did clean up
1: Well, I'd like to know how long ago Look at your hands and face. Brother, I'd hate to see the back of your neck. Say, are you trying to insinuate that
2: I don't know enough to wash behind my ears? Now, wait a minute, Flash. You're changing the subject. You're trying to evade the issue at hand. No, I'm not. And I ain't avoiding the one about the back of my neck, either. Now, look here. What's the matter with you, Flash, old boy? We start out to have a good old song fest, and here you are. You want to turn everything into a fight. Oh me? I do not. I'm the best-natured guy in the world. Of course, if a guy like a hunk of bologna they call Baloo said anything about me, I'd really show you some action. I'll say you would, Flash. I kind of wish you'd start something. I'd like to get into a little battle right now. Things are too quiet around here for me. No, don't! Don't! Don't!
0: don't!
2: A great Scott, what's going on?
1: Why, it's Harry Phelps.
0: And he's unconscious. What has happened to Harry Phelps? Flash said things were too quiet around here. No doubt things will be more to his liking from now on. There's bound to be plenty of excitement, so tune in for the next episode of The Air Adventures of Jimmy Allen.